here's the thing. I'm a Riley Smith guy. I've been that for a long time. You could have told me that Kyle Dubas gave up a pretty significant bit of trade capital to get Smith, and I'd have been okay with it. The third-round pick next year? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I would imagine a very good Thursday morning for those of you who follow the local hockey team. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates. I'll be getting into the NHL draft and the Penguins selection of Braden Yeager at the number 14 overall position in the second segment for the first one. And this is not a tough call. Dubas gets himself an instant A-plus in his first acquisition as the Penguins' de facto GM. Uh, To be in touch with the Golden Knights for a sustained period, as he told reporters last night in Nashville that he'd been, that shows organization, that shows planning, that shows foresight. That shows that not only was he looking at whatever the existing market might be or what's available in free agency like all the rest of us would, he was in touch with other people in the industry. He was in touch with the front office in Vegas. And while you don't get points for that, it's still infinitely more than what went into, oh, and you knew this was coming up today, Ron Hextall getting Mikhail Granlund. From the Predators, I'm going to say it again, for a second rounder, while also adding an unimaginable amount of cap space for him, close to $12 million in total. Um, Okay, but as long as I'm there, the NHL's first round last night, by every account, had a lot of players who'd been expected by outside experts to be taken in the first round, fall out, which means that the second round of the draft that begins today at noon Eastern time would have a real live player available to the Penguins if, you know, they still had that pick. But I digress to more pleasant things. Smith is a very good hockey player who is still capable of very good hockey at age 32, this past season for Vegas had 26 goals, 30 assists, plus 11 rating, suited up for 78 games. In the playoffs, 14 more points over 23 games, had a huge goal for the Golden Knights in Game 5. And you remember all those times during the Golden Knights run when I would mention on this show how they did a lot of Mike Sullivan type things and how much he would enjoy watching a team like that? Well, it won't surprise you that Sully himself sounded, well, like this after Smith was acquired yesterday. Well, we're really excited uh, to add Riley to our roster. He, uh, I think he brings so much with the versatility of his game. Uh, w- one of the strengths of his game is his hockey IQ on both sides of the puck. He's a conscientious player defensively. Um, you know, he has an offensive element to his game. Obviously, he scored 26 goals last year. His, his body work in the league suggests that he can score goals. 
Um, and so I, I think his versatility he can play either wing. He kills penalties. He's on the power play. I, I think that the, the fact that that he's been used in all situations, I think, is uh, is suggestive of his hockey IQ. That that he. Uh, that he sees it pretty well offensively and plays with some pretty good offensive players, uh, produces as well offensively, uh, consistently, uh, but also brings a defensive two-way game, which I think is important to winning. Important to winning. Yeah. That's a sully type of player. And that way that the Golden Knights played was a sully type of playing. I know he's got his critics. I know it's been a long time since he's even won a playoff round. And I know that the memories of the way that Sully's teams played, the way he wanted them to play, go a little bit unfortunately far back other than the occasional regular season spurt to serve as a reminder. But that's still the model. It's still about having someone who can get the job done at both ends of the rink. For whatever it's worth, when Sully was asked yesterday in Nashville where Smith might fit in the Penguins lineup, the only thing he threw out there without even coming close to making a promise in this regard was if he were to play next to Geno, then dot, 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 dot. Now, again, you're not making some sort of uh, commitments like that months early. There's a lot of different variables that come into play between now and then. But his point was that he could play with Gino. Gino loves to attack off the rush, and Smith is really good off the rush. But he also could safely and comfortably slide down the line chart and fit you know, on a third line, I would imagine you would be using someone of that caliber on the fourth line under any circumstance, but he can do so many different things, including on special teams, power play guy, penalty killing guy, really good penalty killing guy, can play either wing, by the way, even though he's left-handed, and you don't generally see a whole lot of lefties who aren't Europeans working on the right side, he can do that. Now, I'm not going to lie, the one negative to this that that I thought of almost instantly was, you know, what happens to Jason Zucker. No, I don't want to lose Zucker. Sullivan said he doesn't want to lose Zucker. Dubas said later on that he doesn't want to lose Zucker. And both of those gentlemen made known that they continue to be in touch with Zucker and his agent and that nothing's been ruled out. However, when you're talking about the cap space that's there, and remember, we've been saying this for a while now, it started out at $20 million, and guess what? It's now at 15 and you still got to get a goaltender, and you still got to fill a few other positions. You still got to get yourself a left-handed defenseman who can fit into your top four. You might have to replace Jeff Petrie if Petrie were to get moved. I could go on, but the idea here... Very clearly, at least the goal, I should say, for Dubas, Sullivan, and the Penguins is to try to get Zucker back. If they don't, and if Smith ends up being Zucker's replacement as a top six winger, I'm actually okay with that from the simple standpoint that I believe that Zucker is going to end up getting a lot of years on his contract. It's not a great free agent crop. He's coming off one of the better seasons, if not the best season 
from a complete standpoint of his career, I think you're going to see him get four or five years. And I'm sorry, but I look at the Penguins and the number of guys they have signed to contracts of that length who are on the wrong side of 30, and I don't want to add yet another one. But hey, they say they're talking. We'll see if they can work something out. This acquisition in and of itself, A plus start. When we come back, J1Q. J1Q format. Gonna throw a bunch of them in. Came from our readers at DK Pittsburgh Sports pretty late last night. You guys never sleep. 447 comes in and says, was it the right move to keep the number 14 pick? I think it was. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Uh, And I say that only because there seemed to be a lot of excitement about a few select players who were taken right before Jaeger, and I can't help but think to myself that maybe the Penguins were more interested in those guys than they were in Jaeger. So that's a tough one to answer unless you're Dubas and you have access to all of that information. Dave from Ohio says, DK, what does the selection of Jaeger tell you about Dubas's strategy for making the Penguins a competitive playoff team? What's the headline? Well, the headline answer to that question, Dave, is plain and simple. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Because this kid, it, look, it doesn't take much to to see the stature. And I mean the actual physical stature. He's 5'11", 170. And remember that these guys always round up, especially when they're sensitive about size in a draft situation. Uh, there's a lot of work that this young man needs to do. Now, it's interesting that the word that came up the most often in his scouting reports, and for that matter, the visuals themselves, is strength. He's got a great lower base for skating, and he's got a really powerful wrist shot. That means there's natural strength to that frame. But you can take natural strength and throw it right out the window if you're getting ragdolled in the NHL. And the last one, we're going to do today comes from Anna who asks, how much does Jaeger's wrist shot remind you of Phil Kessel's wrist shot? The first thought that I have always when it comes to wrist shots is I wish more athletes would take advantage of them. It's incredible to me that in the year 2023, the wrist shot still hasn't made a full comeback uh, in the 80s. And to an extent in the 90s, but really the 90s is what kind of killed the wrist shot because the goaltender's equipment became so big that you just got discouraged from shooting from any kind of distance. So the Peter Nedved types, for example, if you want to go back to somebody in in Penguins history who had a spectacular wrist shot, could pump it in almost routinely from 40, 50 feet. I'd love to see it make a comeback, but there aren't many guys that can do it. Two of them by coincidence, uh, happened to be on the Canucks. Brock Besser has one. Elias Pettersson has one. There aren't many in the league. The best of the best players still don't have what you would consider to be great wrist shots. I don't think Sid has a great one. He's got a good one. Gino doesn't have a great one. He's got a good one. 
Jake, who's now perennially the Penguins' leading goal scorer, he doesn't have a great shot of any kind. He relies way more on deception and just plain old accuracy. So there aren't too many guys. I don't think Connor McDavid has one. And I want to say that the last like truly great wrist shot in the NHL, other than Phil's, I'm purposely working around Phil since you already brought him up, was probably that of Ilya Kovalchuk. And I'm talking about the Atlanta version of Ilya whenever he was just, he just did inhuman things with the puck uh, in large part with his release. Oh, by the way, you know who else has one that I ought to mention, even though he's not anywhere near top tier in the National Hockey League is Daniel Sprong. Unbelievable release to that shot including the wrister, maybe especially the wrister for him. Really, really good stuff here, guys. Obviously, we've got a long time to talk about uh, not only Jaeger, but the entire draft class, which, again, will be completed today with rounds two through seven in Nashville. I appreciate the questions. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 